It's Macworld Podcast number 306. I'm Philip Michaels. And thanks to the new MacBook with Retina Display, we look better than ever in the Macworld Pundit Showdown. Yes, we're all rocking out to the Macworld Pundit theme, de- theme, theme show. It's the... the, the Occasional uh, episode of the Macworld Podcast where we bring the best and brightest of the Mac universe together, ask them a bunch of foolish questions, get a bunch of foolish answers, and declare a winner. And I I don't want to uh, give anyone in this room a big head, but I think this is the greatest panel we have ever assembled. Wow. (laughs) It features a developer, a rumor monger a beard, and a fabulous head of hair. Let's meet them all, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Starting off with a man making his debut on the Macworld Pundit Showdown. He is a former uh, uh, Macworld uh, employee. He founded Mac Central. He currently does business at The Loop. You know him, you love him, and when he comes to San Francisco, all the hobos say, hey, straighten up, man. You're making us look bad. I- It's Jim Dalrymple is here. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Hi, Phil. Glad to have you. Great music. Yes. This is also the ringtone on your phone, so I'm occasionally going to hit this button throughout <laughs> to throw you off your game and uh, see you reach for your phone. <laughs> Joining us is a frequent guest on the Macworld Pundit Showdown. He's a little bit jealous that Jim is here because, for once, he doesn't have the most fabulous hair in the room. And let me find his button. Give me a head with hair. Long, beautiful. It's Chris Breen, senior Macworld editor. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and I can't grow a beard either. And I just, it's, it's, I just have to cover my eyes. I just, I'm, we're we're very pleased to have you. You have never actually won the Pundit Showdown, have you? <laughs> wow. Rub it in. Rub it in. <laughs> I, I, I just mentioned that because is we. Is that right? We, yes. We've had it. Chris has some problems with defend the indefensible. <laughs> I think I understand how it works. I, now. He, I get we've, there. We've, we, we've patiently explained it to him. We were we were uh, theorizing before the show that Chris actually tries to bottle it beforehand so he doesn't have to reach I, the final. Indeed, I do, and oh, I am, I'm no. hoping to maintain that streak. Okay, let's meet um, a, a pair of champions. Make up the the remainder of our panel. Uh, let's meet uh, a man who won most recently. He's a developer. He is with Rogue Amoeba, makers of such fine products as Airfoil, Audio Hijack Pro, Piezo, uh, Fission, and they're available at fine retail outlets everywhere, <laughs> except for maybe the one you're thinking of. <laughs> Forevermore. It's Paul Kafasis. Hi, Paul. Hi there. Good to be here. One of the best sports in the history of the Macro Pundit Showdown. Um, if you can find in our archive the the, the live appearances at the oh. Macworld Expo, Paul Paul is absolutely great. But not great the first time he came on because he lost to our our next panelist. Yeah, our he's final still panelist. pretty sore about that, and, he, and he's very sore. It's a, it's a blood feud. You yep. gave him a softball. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? Uh, he he is a uh, writer. He's written stuff for Macworld. <laughs> no, really, you are now. <laughs> And you can find a, a lot of his work and very deep thoughts on VeryNiceWebsite.net. Correct. And we mostly know him as the founder of 
Crazy Apple Rumors site, which is why we introduce him with this. Does that make me crazy? It's John Moltz. Hi, John. Very good. Now, I think everyone in the room knows how this works, except for Jim, so let's explain it to him using very small words. I'm going to ask (laughs) questions. I will award points for the answers that you give, whether it's one point, whether it's two points, or three. And if you give an incorrect answer or the wrong answer, and there are no such things as wrong answers, just answers that displease me, you'll lose a point. And let's begin. Do we all get a trophy? Only one gets the trophy, Jim. And uh, we can pretty much guess it's not going to be Chris. So let's begin with our first question. Wow. It starts here. We have a great week planned for you and some really cool stuff to show you this morning. That is Apple CEO Tim Cook welcoming everyone to this week's Worldwide Developer Conference. And I would like to ask the panel, you know, we we have such a reputation for negativity on this show. What's your favorite announcement to come out of Monday's WWDC keynote? And just so people think we don't, that that we haven't gone soft, what's one announcement Apple made that made you think, oh, they could have done better than that? Let's start off with uh, Chris Breen. Okay. Um, I would say my favorite announcement was Passbook. I've been waiting for years. um, I've been writing for years about iOS devices becoming a means for purchasing products. And Passbook, with its ability to store payment cards, is a first step in this direction. I think it's going to become increasingly important to Apple. So at the moment, it's for a specific thing, Starbucks cards, movie tickets, and so on. But suppose that there's a universal card tied to your credit card that can pay for anything. And suppose that Apple takes a small cut of each and every purchase. So with millions of transactions a day, we could be adding that up to a huge pile of money for Apple, which, of course, they need more of each and every day. Uh, The disappointment was uh, Craig Federighi's hair. (laughs) Now, I'm a guy known for luxurious locks, and I know a good head of hair when I see it. And Apple's vice president of software engineering has clearly made a good start. But I examined the photos very carefully, and I couldn't help but notice traces of expensive hair care products and blow drying in his coiffure. Now, Apple has the money and juice to hire talent with naturally gifted hair, and the fact that they had to resort to this kind of trickery disappointments. Seriously, Apple, call me. Awesome. That is terrific. Uh, Paul. That was an awful and long, long answer. And, uh, long <laughs> answer. That's I mean, all the time we have on the Acro Clinic <laughs> Showdown. Chris is the passionate. champion. Thank you. He was passionate about that. It, it was a subject close to his heart. My, my whole answer is 10 words. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Uh, as far as what was uh, what was hot, the hot or not of this, uh, you know, a lot of people say things like uh, iOS features or driving directions, anything like that. I'm going to go with the MagSafe power plug adapter. I don't know if anybody saw this. Uh, the Mag- MagSafe power uh, MagSafe power plug got updated to version two. It's a smaller, slightly smaller plug. And previously, Apple had always uh, obsoleted their old adapters. They didn't work any longer. This time, they are finally selling an adapter. Nine ninety nine. I can use all my old adapters. And, uh, you know, I don't have to go around and buy half a dozen new adapters, and all I need to do is put a little magnet on there. That's $999, right? I believe it is 9.99. I guess I should check. It is Apple. You should check. (laughs) Uh, As far as disappointment, I think this one, uh, you're going to get the developer answer on this one. It is clearly the Mac Pro. 
they made no mention of it in the keynote. They did not issue a press release on it, but it got a little new badge in the store. And the reason it got a new badge was because they upped the speed of the Mac Pro. But the reason they had to update the speed of the Mac Pro is because Intel no longer makes the chip that was in the old version. It is so slow that it no longer exists. So they had to uh, bump the Mac Pro, and that is just a pathetic update. And um, one that will be um, be overridden within a year or so. Supposedly, yeah, that's if, what if we're hearing. If you believe an email sent out by Tim Cook. Absolutely. Allegedly. Uh, John Moltz. Uh, my favorite announcement was the new Googleless Maps application because mostly just because I'm a big fan of the sort of inside baseball fights and arguments between giant corporations, and um, that don't really necessarily have a lot of impact on the end user. Uh, and I think those are just they're fun to follow and easy to write about for uh, people who write about Apple. So I would like to see more arguments of this. More kind. easy things yes, to write. Yes. More easy things to write about. And uh, my what could they have done better is the uh, MacBook Pro, that uh, this new MacBook Pro that I've been hearing about. And I don't see how you can call something Pro when it does not have VGA out. So, uh, I mean, come on. Be obvious. Let's be, let's be realistic about them. Jim, are you still with us? <laughs> I'm here. Okay. Ten words, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be counting. So... I, I think that the the obvious best thing was the Retina display, Ooh. MacBook Pro, because it shows uh, the the direction that Apple is going to go over the next several years with their their notebook lineup. They get rid of the 17, they put the the 15 in there to take over the 17 and 15 slot, and you know that the the heirs eventually are going to get that screen as well. This is it. This is where they're going to go. The most disappointing thing for me was OS X because they gave us the exact same information in February that they did in June. The only thing that was you know really different was they put a, a Twitter button down on the notification screen. I mean, come on, you can do better than that. It's got to be a dictation was new. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to cut in on you. and Point for Paul for cutting in. Yes. Point, point for Dalrymple for telling him to shut up. We, we, we are even-handed here on the uh, Macro Pundit Showdown. <laughs> Moving on to the next question before uh, fisticuffs break out. Facebook made a less-than-stellar debut as a publicly traded company last month. Put on your analyst hat and give me a five-word, that's five-word, everybody, <laughs> assessment of Facebook's long-term financial forecast. Let's uh, start off with Jim Dalrymple. Absolutely and totally, supremely screwed. <laughs> I didn't count if that was five or six. Yeah, five. Five, all right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping score, I'm counting words, I'm asking questions. Let's ask Paul. Well, if you want short, oversimplified answers to deep, complicated questions, there's really only one place to go. That's the Magic 8-Ball. Mm-hmm. So we will shake the Magic 8-Ball and we will say, Facebook, outlook not so good. <laughs> Isn't that what I just said? <laughs> Shut up, Jim. <laughs> Already a rivalry is forming. And and John, Paul's former rival, is surely feeling left out. So, John, why don't you take the next answer? Uh, my five words are, Joe Piscopo has friended you. <laughs> Chris Breen. Studio 54 was once cool. <laughs> 
I think that may have been my favorite round of answers in the entire history of this stupid show. We should just show. stop right now. We should. But, but it's we're downhill gonna, from here. But we're going to go on with this. Um, it's all about this. And let me – I'm going to read to you. The ideal candidate has extensive experience making pizza dough from scratch and is able to portion and toss the dough, possesses the ability to hand-stretch the pizza without – using a rolling pin, and cook the pizza to order in a high-temperature oven. The cook will also prep and maintain all food items necessary to make a variety of pizzas, toppings, sauces, and related prep. At least two to four years of experience working a high-volume, wood-burning pizza oven featuring thin-crust, Neapolitan-style pizza. Wait, did it say working in a pizza oven? I think so. <laughs> I just copy and paste from the job listing, and that was a job listing that Apple recently posted for a pizza chef. Man, they are tough, aren't they? They have many requirements. <laughs> None of you Domino's clowns can work at Apple. Let me tell you that. I would like the panelists to create a job listing of your own for any job at Apple using the company's inimitable style. Uh, let's start with John Moltz this time, and let me let me summon up some music and put you in the mood here. <laughs> John? I'm supposed to talk while this is going. Yes, you are. All right, that's part of the challenge, I guess. Uh, wanted, ghostwriter for snappy comebacks to executive emails. Must be timely, concise, and cervic. Boom. Applicants should have a strong knowledge of Apple products and a biting sense of humor. And then, actually, the rest of it is just actually goes on to uh, a physical description of myself. <laughs> All right. Hire that man, Apple. Uh, Chris Breen. Uh, the job title is Senior Management Toady. The ideal candidate has exhaustive experience making agreeable noises when interacting with members of senior management, has the unfailing ability to insert names including Tim, Phil, Johnny, John, Eddie, Scott, Bob, Peter, Bruce, Jeff, and very occasionally was into soppy statements of acquiescence, must be flexible enough to apply their lips to the posteriors of their betters, and the agility to convert a countenance of pleading supplication to a sneer of oily contempt for those holding only mental management positions. That was an awful long answer. It was. It was. Awesome. Jim, can you, uh, can you uh, give us a job description? My job description for Apple is for a Heineken taster slash priest. <laughs> <laughs> the ideal candidate will have extensive experience tasting Heineken from a bottle, can, or tap. <laughs> The successful applicant must also be able to pray while drinking heavily and take confessions from Tim Cook in the Apple bunker. Am I the only it's one not applying for a job with Apple here? <laughs> <It's interesting. laughs> Apparently not. Jim and I are both like not, you know, the, the least employed here, I think, right? <laughs> well, I think I've proven that over the <laughs> And the least employable, wow. we, should, we should add. Paul. Uh, as Apple doubles down on security, we require more security guards on our campus. Boom. The exemplary candidate will have substantial experience in patrolling large areas with the eyes of a hawk, the quickness of a cheetah, and the powerful <laughs> jaw strength of a crocodile. <laughs> he or she should possess medium proficiency or better in both self-defense and self-offense, possessing the ability to both stop attackers and to bring down leakers with a rolling pin if desired. The guard will also monitor the eye cell, our holding cell, for those suspected of spilling secrets. At least one to three years of experience working within a secretive organization, such as the CIA or NSA, is recommended. And driving one of those little white buggies around the kids. Absolutely. <laughs> I was telling people, and I, I said it on the podcast, this may be the greatest panel ever assembled. The scores, which we will go to now, reflect that. John Moltz is having a great, great day, and he is in last place. With <laughs> yes! 
Ten points! Excellent. Uh, Chris Breen, eleven points. Good enough for third. Not good enough to top Jim Dalrymple with twelve. And Paul Kafasis, fifteen points. All right. Wow. It's all downhill it's, from here it, for me. It is. No it is question. Literally, there is nowhere to go. I might ask for an audit. But down. You can't argue with science. <laughs> Our next question. LinkedIn recently confirmed that a security breach exposed about 6.5 million hashed passwords for the social networking service. What's another company in the tech world that has some explaining to do? Let's start with Jim Dalrymple. Every single company that has our information. Oh, wow. That is, a, that is a pithy answer. And correct, Chris Breen. Uh, I have two answers. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Are they both long, Chris? Yes, they're both long, but they're both quite good. Uh, the first is Heineken. <laughs> now, here's a company that makes a bitter, evil brew packaged in the kind of glass certain to spoil any fresh Uh-oh. flavor the stuff might have ever had, and it's co-opting otherwise respectable Canadians to push this dreck on an unsuspecting public. I might add that these Canadians have some explaining to do as well. Wow. Answer two is rogue amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I guess I got off light, huh? Oh, sure. It's a good thing you don't have a job, John. Yeah. Oh, sure. From all appearances, they make useful media utilities. But at the same time, and I think this is really this foul enterprise's purpose, they advertise it with this cute image of an amoeba clutching a machine gun. They've even gone so far as to create a plush toy sure to appeal to toddlers. I don't think it's a coincidence that school violence has increased since the birth of this outfit. Strong words. I'd like to thank my two remaining panelists <laughs> for being here today. Uh, Paul, are you going to let that stand? I am. Okay. It's all right. Uh, I don't know if it's a company, but I'd like to ask the hacker who stole the password one question. Uh, why? Boom. I don't know what I'm doing with my own LinkedIn account, so what the hell are you going to do with my own LinkedIn account? And while you're in there, could you turn off the latest round of notification emails that they send me? Nice. And <laughs> John Moltz. Uh, the company that has the most explaining to do is um, Apple. The, they refreshed their entire lineup of Macs just two days ago and showed two new operating system versions. Um, but what have they done for me lately? Boom. Like in the last 15 minutes. Nothing, and I want answers. <laughs> I, I gave you two points there, deducting a point in my head. They didn't ref- ref- refresh the Mac Mini or the iMac. Not the entire line. Ah, right. You suck. I know. <laughs> Don't pile on. Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> Next question, and it's all about this. What was the score of the last Giants game? The Giants were downed by the Rangers yesterday. The final score was 5-0. to zero. That's Scott Forstall of Apple. Uh, Asking Siri for baseball scores, which seems to me like a great uh, feature to add in iOS 6. The updated version of Apple's voice-activated personal assistant will be able to field questions about sports, movies, and restaurants. What's one question you'd like to ask Siri that you hope you'll get an answer for this fall when iOS 6 ships? John Moltz. Uh, I want to know, I want to ask Siri, what's the deal with people who walk down the street talking uh, to someone else on their phone as a, on a speakerphone? They hold it about six inches away from their mouth, and I just don't understand what's up with those people. Chris Breen. Uh, what's Apple's stock price going to be a year from today? Paul Kafasis. Well, I, it's not so much a question, but uh, can she finally remind me to put the gazpacho on ice in an hour? Boom. <laughs> 
and Jim Dalrymple. Where's Canada? <laughs> Boom. Excellent questions, are all. Does Siri know where Canada is? No. no. Oh, dear. <laughs> no. I'll move on to the next question. The MacBook Pro with Retina Display ships with a snazzy high-resolution screen but doesn't have an optical drive. With this new laptop and the MacBook Air models both free of optical drives, it seems like this technology's days may be numbered. What's another well-established technology panel whose best days are behind it? Paul. Pixels. Pixels are dead. They had a good run, but they're uh, clearly an endangered species in the Apple ecosystem, and their time is coming. <laughs> Very well. Uh, Jim Dalrymple. Firewire and Geoport. Boom. <laughs> Both of them. John Moltz. Uh, physicality. I believe the future lies in virtual hardware and that you'll just walk oh, wow. into an Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dime for every time I heard that. Uh, give them some cash periodically and then walk out with a smug feeling of superiority, but no actual hardware. And my understanding is that Apple is working on abstracting the feeling of superiority that you get from their hardware to create a more pure purchasing experience. Clearly John's vodka kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Chris Breen. That would be hotel pay-per-view adult movies. <laughs> Do you think they're going to be free? <laughs> <laughs> you not, don't own an iPad, do you? <laughs> well, um, I'd go to the scores, but I want to get to this next question first. It is all about this. You know, will we kill it? I don't know. I'll look at it. That is uh, Tim Cook talking about Ping. Boy, that's a, that's a clip that is totally free of context. We could just play that at any time. Hey, what do you what do you think of Phil Schiller? You know, will we kill it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the question is: At the D conference in Southern California last month, Apple CEO Tim Cook suggested that the writing was on the wall for Ping. That's Ping, not Phil Schiller. Apple's social network for music, which is Ping. I'm sorry, Ping. Ping. <laughs> Ping. Can you spell that? I can. It's, I think it's a duck. Yes. <laughs> um, I lost my place in my question. What? <laughs> Another Apple offering that will that stands out like a st- sore thumb amid the company's string of successes. I'm stuttering because this is the golden envelope question. Match my answer that I have in my pocket, and you will get ten bonus points, <gasps> separating you from this this very tough field. Ooh. Let's start off. With Paul Kafasis. <laughs> well, my answer is going to be quite awkward, as you have explained where the answer that you have is. Uh, my answer is iPod socks. Oh. So if you, are, if you have those in your pocket, that's rather odd. <laughs> uh, but I, I wasn't sure they still sold them, but they do. Uh, they've been around since 2004, and I'm not sure if that means that they're actually a huge success. Uh, they are selling six socks for $29, which is perhaps the most you can pay for socks in America. Or if someone in Apple massively overpurchased and they're still selling the first run eight years later. I wonder, I wonder what Tim Cook thinks about the iPod socks. Yeah, will we kill it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Breen. Uh, I would say that it's, re- it's relationship with AT&T. Apple Ooh. has uh, had its way with AT&T early on, and that brought us such benefits as unlimited data plans, visual voicemail. And in return, AT&T has delivered terrible service in important markets – It's lagged on tethering and charged for it when it finally arrived, imposed data caps, and throttles those who stubbornly hung on to their unlimited plans. It's time for Apple to sit down and tell AT&T who's really running the show. John Moltz. 
I'm going to go back to my job announcement and say snappy email comebacks from the CEO. Because this used to be one of Apple's great strengths. Someone would write Steve Jobs with a complaint, observation, or a request to open source the Newton operating system. And Jobs would explain to them in no uncertain terms what a life was and why they should get one. But Tim Cook has failed to provide even one really snappy comeback to a stupid email, and they need to get on this. All right. And uh, Jim Dalrymple hasn't answered. Pro apps. All of them. All right. Uh, No one matched the answer in my question. I went old school. I went Pippin. (laughs) (laughs) Can't talk about Pippin. That is that that didn't work. And let's go to the scores. Uh, just tallying them up, Paul Kafasis's insurmountable lead with twenty six. Trailing, just behind him, Chris Breen with twenty three, Jim Dalrymple twenty two, John Maltz with nineteen. Yes. Still in it to win it, but <laughs> the chances the chances are looking slim. I, I think you forgot to mark down a few points of mine last time. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll have the uh, we'll have the uh, the assistants. Uh, I will happily give scores. my points to Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Jim's defend the indefensible question, so I might allow that. Um, <laughs> at that same D conference uh, where Tim Cook talked about killing things, there was also a lot of talk about an Apple built television set from analysts and attendees, if not from Tim Cook himself. Assuming that Apple is going to build its own TV, what feature would be the most critical? to its success. John. Ironically, Google TV, because we all know that six months ago, Google CEO Eric Schmidt predicted that all televisions, or maybe it was televisions, would ship with Google Google TV, and we know that has come to pass as foretold, and the world has standardized on Google Google TV now, so it only makes sense that Apple would ship a TV with the worldwide standard system on it. That was sarcasm, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sarcasm. (laughs) Chris Breen. Uh, <clears throat> this would ship with the ability to work in an opposite universe. Um, this universe would be populated by networks, movie companies, and internet service providers who cared more about their customers' satisfaction than the protection of their bottom line. It would also block home shopping networks, programming that featured dour monks, and anything with Oprah's stink about it. Wow. Attorneys for Miss Winfrey can contact Chris Breen. Directly. Formerly of uh, Formerly Mac Magazine. John Moltz wrote that answer for me. Shoved it across here. Point, point to Breen for selling out John. Um, Paul. Uh, I, I'm going to go with a much simpler answer. A name that doesn't confuse the heck out of me. Uh, Apple has had an Apple TV for years that was, in fact, not a TV. Uh, if they... Used, if they create this and they use the same name and it's a real TV, I will use years of I will lose years of mental training. Uh, but if we're fortunate enough that they don't, then you can perhaps use my simple mnemonic uh, for remembering "ain't Apple TV is not a TV." I think that's a lesson they should teach in schools. Jim Dalrymple. Clearly, I should have prepared more for this. Your guys' <laughs> answers are so long. That's um, why I'm giving you my points. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you a serious answer. I think that. It has to be iCloud and content. They need to be able to, to be able to sync that content wherever it is, and they need to be able to add a bunch of, of new content for us, whether that's Boom. channels or um, you know movies or studios or whatever it's going to be, so that we don't have to get you know, caught up with 
all of the the things that we do now with our cable networks, and I'm very upset about that. But that's that's what I said. But that's not what you <laughs> more, said. More cleverly, listen here, and, and more words. <laughs> more cleverly, yeah. More cleverly, more cleverly. Yours was clever. More libelous. Uh, mine was to, yes. to, yeah. To, you're, to, to your opposing corners, boys. <laughs> listen, corners. In, 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 within two days, you're going to be in prison with Bubba, and Oprah's going to be laughing her butt off at you. So. <laughs> On that stirring visual image, let's go to our <laughs> our reader question. It comes from uh, reader Sean Desenia. I'm sorry if I, I mispronounced your name. That's what you get for having a difficult pr- to pronounce name. Right, Paul Cathasis? <laughs> That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Them's the breaks, kid. Anyhow, he asked, there's been a lot of talk lately about Apple enforcing sandboxing in the Mac Apple store. Mac App Store. <laughs> Good typing, Phil. That got us thinking, if Apple were in charge of an actual sandbox... What is one rule you are certain the company would enforce? Let's go to someone who knows a thing or two about (laughs) sandboxing and app stores. Paul! Uh, So Apple's sandbox would be gorgeous. It would feature a wonderful wood wood for its frame, possibly from Asia. (laughs) Sustainably harvested, of course. It's called background, Jim. It would feature the finest sand in any color you like, as long as it's black or white. Also, Apple gets 30% of all deposits in the sandbox. <laughs> and the grace note at the end. John Moltz. Uh, you can only use pre-approved sand toys, and, if Apple, and Apple reserves the right to take even pre-approved sand toys <laughs> away from you. <laughs> Jim Dalrymple. No peeing in the sandbox and no Paul Cafasis in the sandbox. <laughs> Different strategies for appealing to Paul. Yes. <laughs> Chris Breen. <laughs> Extra point there for John. Well, first of all, no cats. Uh, secondly, each grain of sand must be exactly 0.05 millimeters and come exclusively from Brazil's Fazenda Pacu Pits. What about Paul? Say something about Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just did. <laughs> His silence. It speaks volumes. <laughs> Let me tell you about Paul and my niece. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Hey, whoa. Let's go to the scores, he said, trying to change the subject. Um, John Moltz. <laughs> Still in last place? <laughs> 10, 15, 20. Bottom of the barrel. I'm counting 28 points for John. For Chris Breen, I'm counting eh, 29, we'll call it. 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. Yep. Uh, for Jim Dalrymple, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20, 28 points. And for Paul, 32. I, I think it's still anyone's game, but most likely Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> I review. <laughs> Nicely delivered. Yes, thank you. I, I'm having an in, in, in podcast stroke, ladies and gentlemen. Does anyone else uh, smell Smoke, like salad smoking. sandwiches? <laughs> I review a lot of iOS apps. I don't talk about them because I've just recently learned how to speak English. But I review a lot of iOS apps, and frankly, they're starting to run together in my mind. What's one app I should know about that proves that there really is something new under the App Store sun? It's one of the rare questions where we actually try and expand people's knowledge instead of just entertain and amuse them and insult Paul. So let's start off with Jim Dalrymple. John looks worried now. (laughs) I'm I'm going to say AmpKit. Because it's a it's an application for guitar players that really allows you to see 
how much work can be put into a relatively small application and use your iOS device to play guitar. Okay. I want more than one point for that. Come on. <laughs> wow. I didn't know we could demand more points. <laughs> can we start over? <laughs> you know, you, you really can't. <laughs> uh, Paul. Kef- Paul. <laughs> have you uh, heard of Airfoil Speaker's Touch? <laughs> no, I, 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 have a, I have a very important answer. If you want something new, you don't want just an app, and you don't even want just a new iPhone. Let me introduce you to a new land. Oh. It is a place where you can hobnob with NASCAR and NFL owners. $10,000 bets seem reasonable, and owning several houses and a couple of Cadillacs is par for the course. It's a marvelous new nation known as Emersia. And you can only get there via the incredible oh, With Mitt iOS app. With Mitt, your ticket to Amercia. I thought you were going to say Tim's host. <laughs> Chris Breen. Uh, I have two for you. Mm-hmm. Of course you of do. Of course you do. Uh, the first one is Angry Farts. Oh, come now. <laughs> wow. Cut them off. All right. Well, let me go to the second one. Then. Uh-huh. I'm going to lose points on this too. <laughs> but I'm doing it. I'm going, I'm going for it. Uh, this one is called Flashlight. It's a remarkable new app. You launch it, and a green cloud appears on your iOS device's screen, accompanied by the sound of wet flatulence. <laughs> Tap twice to light the gas and use the glowing green image to navigate in the dark. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you, you, you write a question, and you think, well, we've had some laughs, we've, 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 we've entertained the people, but now let's try and inform them, and let's, this is what you get for that. Oh. Wow. <laughs> the rare two-point deduction. Ooh. Probably for the phrase, wet flatulence. Yeah. <laughs> well, he said it, too. And a point off for uh, <laughs> It was worth it. <laughs> for bringing up the very thing that made me deduct points from Chris. John, I don't think you've answered. Oh, haven't I? I think and, I did. Yeah, sure and, I did. and at this rate, you'll be back just, right back in just it. Chill. Let's just move on to the next one. Uh, no, have you heard about this game called Angry Birds? Because apparently there are these birds, and they're angry at these pigs. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, actually, I have not much other than sarcasm, but um, I do like the paper app, which is a lovely drawing app. There, that's worth a point. See, that's how it's done. <laughs> Suggest something. <laughs> and you know what? A point back to Dalrymple. <laughs> Everyone's being a funny man. <laughs> he's throwing it. I think he's throwing it. Uh, yes. Chris Breen bottling it again right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook buys Instagram. Google completes its purchase of Motorola Mobility, and that has some pundits talking about whether Apple should use its still considerable amount of cash to buy up another company. Are you among those pundits? And if so, who should Apple buy, Jim Dalrymple? Another serious answer for me. I am not among those pundits who believe that Apple should just go out and buy companies because they have money. I think Apple needs to buy companies that continue to push its strategies forward. It knows where it's going for the next five years, and it needs to buy those technologies, just like it did with Maps. An excellent answer. But there was no answer in there, Phil. No, he yes, said yes, it, the, the question. The what? question was, are you one of those pundits? Take, and take the answer point. was no. Take a point from Paul. Take I am going to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and a point off, uh, it was John that was telling me that the yeah, 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 that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. Points off all around. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) What started off as one of the the highest scoring episodes ever has now descended (laughs) into a race to the bottom. We knew what we'd get here. Chris Breen, put your foot on the accelerator. (laughs) There we go. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I am one of those pundits. 
And what I suggest that Apple buy is the U.S. government. It's pretty clear that our representatives are for sale on an individual basis, but I'm thinking that we can buy them more easily in bulk. And we could save money by buying just the legislative and executive branches, as the uh, current judicial branch is nothing if not supportive of corporations and an open market. Once this is done, and yes, this is a long answer, Jim, Apple can invoke the kind of data infrastructure we need, streamline regulations that will allow Apple to bring jobs back to this country, and we can tear down those government buildings that are so offensive to Johnny Ives' eyes. Plus, the State of the Union's one more thing closing should be a hit with the American public. There you go. Uh, John Moltz. Uh, I think um, Apple should, uh, instead of buying a company, should buy a puppy. Uh, a puppy is a big responsibility, but uh, I think the company has shown that it's mature enough to take care of a puppy now and that this would be a good learning experience for it. It's sort of a chance to show that it can be responsible and take care of something. Uh, Paul, you haven't answered, I don't think. I have not. Okay. Uh, You've I'm, lost points. I've lost mind. points. I'm down. <laughs> Somehow, i got to dig myself without opening, out. Without opening his mouth. Uh, I'm hoping that they'll do us all a favor and purchase Rim uh, just to put them out of their damn misery. Uh, the BlackBerry is still quite large, but uh, their constant missteps are getting painful to watch. And Jim, it's keeping Jim employed. I do know that. But uh, they're lurching around like King Kong at the end, and I'm just waiting for them to fall. And hopefully maybe Apple could do us a favor and, and push that along. It is so uh, close right now that this answer, this next question, our final question, could in fact sway the balance. Those who have been leading all along could finish fourth. Those who have finished fourth all along could be leading. Here's the question. It's the 25th anniversary of the Macintosh 2 this year. What's been the most memorable thing to happen in the world of technology in the quarter century since that Mac debuted? Let's start off with John Moltz. I kind of think the fact that you wrote this question is pretty astounding. Uh, almost, maybe not quite the most amazing thing, that's most memorable thing that's happened, but the Go 25th on. anniversary of the <laughs> Macintosh 2. Uh, but no, I think my answer would be Clippy, the adorable Microsoft Office assistant. And thank you for playing. Uh, Chris Green. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out. Um, well, really, Phil, who could forget November 16th, 2010, the day the Beatles came to the iTunes store? <laughs> Apple claimed that it was a day we'd never forget, and I can't recall Apple ever making such a bold statement before or since. And because I believe everything that Apple says, this is clearly the most memorable thing to happen in technology in the past 25 years, and undoubtedly ever. Anyone, including those on this pundit showdown, who claims otherwise is anything but a true believer. Jim Dalrymple. Because I care about you and this show, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am going to give another serious answer. Oh, my goodness. You see? Unprecedented. I am going to say syncing and iCloud are the most important things to happen to computing Boom. because of what it allows us to do with all of our devices. And without those, the devices would just be devices, not, not what we want them to be. Uh, thank you, Phil. I appreciate the, you listening to my answer. <laughs> You know, if you had asked me beforehand who is going to give the most serious answers and who is going to get in the shot at research in motion, I would have flipped it. <laughs> had the wrong, the wrong 
panelists people, lined people up with those answers. People can't see this, but we're all literally tears are streaming yes. down our face at the, at the beauty of Jim's though, answer. Though it is, it is allergy season in it's San Francisco, also, also. so that's why tears are streaming down my face. Paul. Well, uh, Maltz was, was giving you a little bit of crap about this, but that was the first color Mac. And uh, it was to get uh, it was the first Mac to support True Color. That's and what we call good knowledge. That's right, background. <laughs> and to get that color Mac, it was ten thousand dollars in nineteen eighty seven, which is actually about twenty thousand dollars now. So I'm going to say that the ability to purchase a color Macintosh for about one twentieth of that is definitely one of the most innovative things, or you know, the biggest change since then. You know, Paul could have repeated the uh, flatulence answer that Chris gave earlier and, and made the finals because um, he, he is so far ahead of the rest of you. And he actually gave a great answer. And he is our top scorer today with uh, 38 points by my little little hash mark. So he'll be in the final. But who will join him? Well, I'll tell you. It is close. It won't be John Moltz. Yay! 32 points. <laughs> Jim Dalrymple, a stellar debut. 34 points. But Chris Breen, despite his best efforts, nipped you at the end with 35. And that brings us up to Defend the Indefensible. Yes, I am going to ask our two finalists. Well, I'm really going to read a statement, and they're going to have to agree with it. And oh, that's how that works? For 20 seconds. Yes, Chris. All right. So I'm going to read this, and when I say I, I mean you. Okay. Do you get that bit? I think. And you're going to have to uh, defend it for 20 seconds, 20 whole seconds of just agreeing with whatever crazed suggestion comes out of my mouth. Paul, as our uh, top point earner, you get to decide whether you want to go first or second. Well, if I go, if I go first, it may give away to Chris how this actually works. So I'm going to let him go first. Oh, that is strategy. <laughs> well, Chris Breen, here's what you must defend. The night I, Christopher Breen, heard that the Zune had officially been retired was the saddest night of my life. You know, Phil, it pains me to even talk about it now, (laughs) because I'm still choked up about this, because, well, you may have seen pictures on the internet of... Of a guy, of somebody with this uh, with a tattoo of a, of a zune, and and that guy clearly was a piker. And that's twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Chris's two answer strategy fails. Him. Shoot! But and, and you know what, ladies and gentlemen, that is the best defend the indefensible that Chris has ever, ever done. <laughs> but it's not over for you yet. Paul still has to answer. I'm terrified. And his Defend the Indefensible. Aww. Personally, I, Paul Kafasis, enjoy it when Apple pulls previously approved apps from its stores nope. as it adds an element of excitement too often missing from the dull world of software. Oh, absolutely. My resting heart rate is around 50, and that's, you know, I'm, I, I, I live a dull life most of the time. So when I can get that heart rate up, when I can get that blood pressure going, when I can, you know, really see red and just go nuts, I love it. I live for it. It's just, oh, can they do it right now? Can we get them to pull something right now? Awesome. And that is 20 seconds, and I don't think we even have to debate who won that. Paul Kafasis is a two-time oh. champion. Deserved applause from everyone in the room. Um, I'd like to thank each and every one of my panelists for a fantastic WWDC-themed Pundit Showdown. John Moltz, thank you. Thank you. Chris Breen, thank you very much. Thank you. Jim Dalrymple, outstanding work. Thanks, Phil. 
And uh, Paul, as always, thank you for, for being such a, a terrific sport. Thank you. And for putting your heart and soul into <laughs> saying terrible things about yourself. <laughs> this has been the Macworld Pundit Showdown. I'm Philip Michaels. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.